Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Lynn Thompson about the house that whispers welcome lynn hi thanks so much for having me oh what a pleasure this book is so much fun it's such a love story to the family can you give us an idea of what it's about set us up with it yeah the house that whispers is about an 11 year old trans kid named simon um, as he and his two sisters hunt for ghosts in their grandmother's haunted house um but I always describe it as their uh, their hunt for ghosts ends up turning up more feelings and family secrets than they uh, went in planning for. <laughs> I think that's that's one of the things that I loved about it. It really is a love story to the family, and it's about a love story to each other as siblings as well. And we start out with Simon in Simon's voice. Uh, Simon already knows who he is. And he understands, you know, his dynamic in the family. And then he has a lot of emotion about how to share that. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask, you know, can you can you give us some sort of like an emotional background to that? Because I thought it was dealt with so well, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, it was definitely, I kind of had a sense of um, going, like the first thing I kind of knew about this book was that I wanted Simon to sort of know who he was going in, even if no one else in his life knew. And so it was really important to me to be able to, you know, have him say like, my name is Simon and uh, he, him pronouns are what feel right for me. And then throughout the book for him to just be able to, even when that's not what the other characters are using, that he can just change it for the readers so that we, you know, we as the reader get to know him this way um but yeah sort of um when i went so i wrote the first draft of this um in kind of a whirlwind um and it was just such a different experience from writing my first book where i had years and years to work on it this one was like a few months and then i needed to turn <laughs> in a draft um and so it was honestly my editor was kind of able to sort through that and was like it seems like simon is dealing with a lot of changes in his life um, and that what's kind of coming out is he's trying to control the pieces of it that he can. And I was like, oh, that's what I wrote the book about. Um, so it was, it, that was so helpful to kind of have an outside voice be able to like articulate something I hadn't fully realized I was kind of putting in with this character. Um, but definitely, yeah, I think um, Simon kind of goes into the book feeling like because there are so many changes happening in his family that he doesn't want to add um this one more thing uh onto that of kind of coming out as trans to his family but um one of the things that i was really interested in exploring was kind of you know obviously no one needs to come out at any time when they're not ready and i wanted to kind of make sure that it's clear as well right that 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 is a very personal decision and there's no right or wrong answer but there also you know there there is stress from not being out and from not being able to have anybody who you're open with and so um, yeah, I think that kind of throughout, I was kind of exploring some of that, that stress and some of the ways that that kind of builds and, and is really difficult. 
I think also, you know, as all teenagers, no matter where they are, they, their body begins to change and their emotions begin to change. And then you have three siblings here who are basically good kids. And I mean that as a nice compliment because there's not, they're a unit of themselves. And that's something we see fairly early on in the book that they actually do get along. And Simon's older sister, uh, Talia, is beginning to sort of branch out on her own and do her own things. And you see that part of Simon that's like, wait, 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 where are you going? Come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a that's a true evolution. I mean, that's what we all do. We, we go our own way. But they come back collectively time and time again in the book, which is so lovely. Uh, and they go to stay with their Nana Lean because the parents are going through some things of their own. Tell us about Nana Lean. She was so fun. Yeah. So Nana Lean is the kid's uh, grandmother um, and lives in this big old farmhouse that um, I'm trying to remember. I think it's been in the family for several generations. And so it kind of has all of this family history baked into it. Um But yeah, it was really fun kind of getting to explore her as a character and her as kind of this like, because she's really the, basically the only adult who is there throughout the story um, for, for, you know, more than a few scenes. So she was kind of the one like adult voice um, influencing them throughout. And for the rest of it, it really is kind of the, the siblings working through things and kind of playing off of each other. Um, But it was really interesting to kind of get to explore, like, what's her role here? And kind of she knows that the kids are, are, you know, obviously are going through a hard time with their parents going through a hard time and that that's, you know, going to affect them. And so it was fun, not fun exactly, but interesting (laughs) to kind of think about like, okay, how, you know, how is she navigating this? How is she trying to support them? Um, While also, you know, she is getting older and is um, starting to have some memory issues and, you know, Simon is starting to note these things kind of for the first time as well, that, you know, she's, she's not the same as she always used to be as well. One of the things that I notice in Simon's evolution is Simon wants to come into his own. And of course, he has a family that loves him and he knows that already, which is a nice thing. So he's not battling against the enemy, the family. So he has a loving and kind family. And at several points during the book, Simon clearly says he understands that his family will love him. And he's sort of getting to his place. But then as he sees himself changing, he does see his parents having uh, issues at home. He sees his grandmother who is having memory issues and he's trying to fix it. And it, it warmed and broke my heart at the same time because, you know, children often do that. It's, um, you know, it's part of our evolution. We want to fix things. Um, you grew up in Eastern Kentucky. Is that correct? Um, Western Kentucky, actually. Oh, Western. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, is, is there an Eastern and a Western? Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a big old farmhouse that a grandmother lived in as well, or was that a creation of yours? Um, definitely the house was a creation. Um, okay. My my grandparents on my dad's side lived in my hometown, um, and we spent a lot of time over at their house. And they did, um, it's definitely not the house that's in the story and is not that old, um, but it was like my grandfather built it himself he always says he did everything except the masonry and the plumbing 
um because he was an electrician so he even right. did all the all the electricity so um i didn't pull any like anything literally from that but i definitely was kind of thinking about that and thinking about my maternal grandparents house um where actually the um so in in simon's family's home then there's the room that they refer to as like the dormitory or the sister's dormitory um because that's kind of where the kids all stay when they're there and have for several generations then it's kind of had uh you know several several people using that as the bedroom and that actually was a detail i pulled from uh my mom's grip from my, from my mom's parents um like so yeah so you know i was kind of pulling different pieces while also that the house itself being a entirely fictitious uh creation. well and it is the house that whispers that's the title of the book and it is that's one thing that you've woven in is the family history so we learn about Brie, who is a, a great aunt. Is that right? I, I think, think so, that's yeah. the right. Um, and we learn about the fact that Brie disappears at some point, you know, through family photos. And we have, I think in real life, we have some of that as well. Tell us a little bit about Brie and where she goes. Yeah, so Brie is um, their grandmother, Natalie's uh, oldest sister, who, yeah, so Simon has kind of heard of her before, but doesn't you know, know much about her and no one has really talked about her very much. And so slowly then he and his sisters are kind of piecing together um, her past and um, kind of the story of her running away when she was pretty young. And, um, and, and they kind of slowly realized that she was queer as well, that she um, was, you know, probably a lesbian and, and, um, and it's kind of this family story that isn't talked about. And I think that in writing this book, I was thinking a lot about kind of those like pieces of the family history that because they're painful or difficult yes. or kind of not showing the best sides of people or whatnot, um, don't get talked about, especially with with the kids. But kind of whether or not the you know adults in that situation are intending to, it creates this taboo and it really it can create this kind of sense of of something being wrong there and you know, influence the ways that the kids feel about it, even if they aren't realizing it. So yes. I, I think I was really interested in kind of like exploring that and shedding light on that. And, you know, that there is a downside in not in not talking about these harder parts of of our family histories. We have we have this thing that I see a lot that comes up with queer books is that secrets. And that is one of the things, you know, when you're talking about when we're talking about Brie, you know, it's it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing. It can be, it may not be, but it's a secret. Mm -hmm. And children intuitively feel when something is being withheld from them. And then, of course, that makes them curious. That's how we grow, you know, into adulthood is curiosity. And I find that uh, family secrets are always the thing that's the most problematic for all characters whether they're in a book or in real life. So I did enjoy the way that came to fruition. Uh, it's nice to see that there was not necessarily resolution, but there was there was information that came out finally about Brie and the family and exactly went on and what went on. And that was really interesting. So great job. Thank you. <laughs> So you're a Lambda Literary Fellow, is that mm -hmm. correct? Yes. What is that? So that is um, back in 2018, I think, then um, I applied for the uh, Lambda Literary is a 
queer writers organization. Um, and one of the programs that they do is an annual um, writing retreat for emerging LGBTQ writers. Okay. Um, and so I was uh, incredibly fortunate to apply to that and, and get in. And so it was kind of a week long um, writing retreat out in LA. Um, nice. where I met, uh, honestly, my, my writing group still through today. I was literally messaging them earlier this morning about, about different things. Um, so it has been just like a really, uh, Lived Literary does some really cool programs and I am uh, forever grateful <laughs> to them oh. for, for introducing me to, uh, some of my best writing friends. Oh, so. that's wonderful. And do it, so were they in the program as well? Mm -hmm. Yep. So it was a group of, I think, 12 or 13 of us total for our, for a kind of the, I was thrown into the young adult pile, even though okay. technically it was for a middle grade project, um, but <laughs> luckily they were flexible, um, but they have different um, genres as well. So I think typically there's like a poetry uh, professor and there's a, um, you know, an adult fiction. Um, yeah. Sometimes they have screenwriting. So they have different um, kind of more established queer writers who come in and then kind of lead a workshop and they have, you know, about a dozen participants for each genre. Um, we do readings throughout the week. Um, so it's, it's a really cool opportunity to meet other uh, writers who are kind of at this, the starting stage um, while also getting to meet writers who have been doing this for a long time and have a lot of wisdom to share. Um, so that's my pitch for <laughs> Lambda Literary. Um, well, I, I will say that I'm, I'm so interested because now I'm going to be doing a little homework on that because I think that's amazing. Yeah, it really, it's a really cool program. Uh, mentorship is so important in both life and, you know, and, and moving our career ahead. So that is absolutely wonderful. Okay. This book was so fun. I really had such a good time with it. Do you have any social media or website you'd like to share? Yes, I am on Instagram at uh, Lynn Thompson Books, all one word. Um, and then I am technically on Twitter, although not on Twitter very much, at um, Lynn underscore underscore Thompson. Um, and then my website is just lynnthompson.com. So that's I, where I try to make sure that I keep up with it and uh, post updates that sometimes. Uh, that is wonderful. Again, the book is... The House That Whispers by Lynn Thompson. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. Hang on for me just a second. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at Dan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out with Dan.